Hi, I'm Judy Ray, and welcome to Wild Woman Wisdom on Christmas Day. I'm going to once again affirm that I'm taming this inner critic of mine, and I'm happy to report she's a little quieter these days. Well, I admit I waffled over putting up a tree this year. Um, I love it when it's done, but the task didn't seem worth the effort, mostly because I've just been super busy with work. And the time it takes to physically put everything up and take it down adds up to, you know, a few days. So I I, I chose not to put one up since we will be spending most of our time at our son Patrick and Denise's house this year, where I'm happy to report. It's like walking into a winter wonderland. But the impulse or guilt to decorate was deeply embedded in my DNA. So I settled on our mantle to fill the need. As I moved through the ritual of placing lights and flowers and candles to honor the season, I began to notice that the past holidays of magic and angst started flickering and emerging. So I thought I would share one of those memories and stories with you today. Christmas was my mother's favorite holiday. Every foot of our house was decorated and always with my mother's favorite kind of white flock Christmas tree. She liked the all-white look with the ornaments all one color. Sometimes it'd be blue, maybe pink, maybe lavender, never red or green. Every year, my dad would make a case for a green tree with tinsel and colored lights to no avail. She had uh, her own style, and she didn't really consider decorating the tree any other way. To say my mother liked to shop for Christmas uh, would be an understatement. Actually, she liked to buy more than shop. We figured that out when in later years she, she did just as much buying from catalogs. Anyway, our tree was obscene. Beautiful, but obscene. All the presents spread out to the middle of the living room, hardly enough room for the designated Santa, that would usually be me, to disperse all of the gifts. They were mostly for us kids, but a few for my dad. They never all fit under the tree, but they float out into the living room like Santa had dropped his whole sack at our house. Mom started her Christmas shopping early. After all... It was also an excuse to also go out to lunch or stop for drinks after a shopping spree in the evening. Always a very festive time at our house. Now, I'm not sure where her need to buy so much originated, but she was definitely a giver. I do remember when I was younger, before my sister was born, when I was 10, that the tree was still full of presents, and they were all mostly just for me. It was exciting, but overwhelming. And like most children around the holidays, after all the excitement, the cookies, the candy, the gifts, the sugary drinks, I would get tired and cranky. My mother would also be tired and cranky and inevitably tell me how ungrateful I was for everything I had, which was always a little confusing because she was the one buying all the gifts. So it was a a mixed bag of emotions. You know, I was excited about my presence, but I felt guilty for having them. (sighs) And let me just say, you know, it's not lost on me how privileged I was and how so many children go without any gifts, but being reminded as a kid that I was ungrateful, I really didn't have any place to put that. 
information. So uh, it got kind of pushed down, deep down, deep, deep down, kind of like the stuffing in a Christmas bear, tightly packed. Well, well, you might have guessed, I followed in my mother's footsteps. And I always felt like I had to do so much for my kids and actually everyone on my list. I don't know if any of you can relate, but that pressure took a great deal of the pleasure out of the holidays for me. So with the joy and the angst of the holidays once again upon us, I was reminded of how this holiday has played such a big role in my life. As I mentioned, it was my mother's favorite holiday. And every year, I am reminded of that because she chose to make it even more special. Sixteen years ago, right after Thanksgiving at our home in Sonoma, my mother went home not feeling well. Uh, When I was helping her into the car, she took my face in her hands and she said, I don't know what I did to deserve such a wonderful daughter like you. Wow. Those words penetrated deep into my being. I knew how much my mother loved me. But we had always had, I don't know, shall we say a complicated relationship? It would be fair to say I had waited most of my life to hear her say something to that effect. She hadn't been well for a while, and with my younger brother's murder in June of that year, she kind of lost her will to live. So as soon as they got home, she was checked into the hospital. And when I arrived, her doctor told me her kidneys were failing. She had congestive heart failure. And she was anorexic, which was kind of shocking to hear. We didn't didn't know about that part. He told me if it were my mom, I would take her home, call hospice, and keep her comfortable. I called my sister in L.A., She flew up, and at that point, we both moved into my parents' house, and with our dad, we took care of her. She was adamant she did not want decorations or a tree. There would be no holiday cheer at her house this year, which meant no celebration for us either since we weren't planning on leaving her. Now, we had all decided we were going to be spending the holidays in Sonoma, which is where we lived, and what Mom wanted She loved it there, and she didn't want to be home this year with all the memories of my brother. But at this point, that was no longer an option. She was really just too weak. We had finally brought in a caregiver to be with her at night so Nancy and I could get some sleep. We had been sleeping on a mattress in the living room on the floor next to her hospital bed, and tensions were high, to say the least. It was very stressful. And every day, she got weaker and she slept most of the time, until about five days before the 25th when she rallied. She actually got up for the first time, other than to go to the bathroom, sat at the dining room table, and started making a list of gifts she wanted bought for people, giving orders and taking charge. It was like a little miracle. She had barely spoken two words in almost a month. About four days before Christmas, she proclaimed, We're going to Sonoma. We're all going to Sonoma. So I headed home, (laughs) bought a tree, decorated, and prepared for a family Christmas at our house. Mom and Dad arrived by limousine, a gift from our son Michael. The halls were decked, the tree was big, and there was always a fire burning in the fireplace. 
It was definitely, as the song goes, beginning to look a lot like you know what. She even sent us into San Francisco to buy special chocolates and a couple little gifts for everyone, which was a really nice little treat because we also had a nice lunch. And it was great to be out in a restaurant with holiday cheer after the last month of just waiting and grieving. And the fact that it looked like we were actually going to have the Christmas that we had already planned. Christmas Eve, we opened a couple of presents. Mom sat in front of the crackling fire, (laughs) and she ordered a screwdriver from Roy, after which we all sat down for a big family dinner, and then we retired. At 6 in the morning, Pa, her caregiver, came to our bedroom, and she woke me up, and she gently said, It's time. I woke up my sister and her family, and we all gathered around Mom. When she took her last breath, I was leaning over, hugging her, and thinking, Oh my God, Mom, really? Christmas morning? As she was leaving, I felt a light breeze pass by me and move into the courtyard. I heard her voice, and it wasn't weak, as clear as a bell in my head, say, Oh, come on, you always like things done in a big, dramatic way. The columnist Herb Cain once wrote, Heaven resembles Sonoma. And we were living in the Valley of the Moon in Sonoma. I believe it was easier for her to leave from there. My spin on it was, Mom spent Christmas Eve with us and Christmas Day with my brother Gary. She left this life like she lived it, unapologetically and on her terms. When I reflect on Christmas and the role it has played in my life, it's no wonder that I feel mixed emotions about this holiday. I'm imagining many of you may feel the same way for your own reasons. It's not about the gifts for me anymore, other than the gift of family and friends. It's a time to be grateful for all of the love we have, even when it doesn't feel comfortable during these changing times. We can all find a little magic when we focus on what's working in our lives instead of what isn't. I know this year we will make new special memories because we're spending it celebrating at our son Patrick and Denise's new home. They went all out. I believe they have four decorated trees. The house is definitely decked to the rafters. Mom would be so proud. The living room has a big white flock Christmas tree, the way Mom liked them. So we've dubbed it Nana's room, and we've all felt her presence in that room. There she is, holding court. It's a comfort knowing she is still with us in spirit, enjoying the laughter and the fun and the deep sense of gratitude we all have this year. I believe our loved ones are always with us, and especially at this time of year. Having Mom pass on Christmas morning at our house could have left me with a sad feeling about this day forever. But instead, I feel it was a gift. After all, it was her favorite holiday, and she was right. I always like things done in a big way. My wish for all of us is that we find new ways to open our hearts to the love and the light that is available to all of us during these holy days. That's my show for today. Please follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Wild Woman Wisdom. Enjoy the holidays. I'll be back next year right here on nowwithpurpose.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're like me and you have an inner critic, join me in kicking them to the curb in the new year. I'm taming my inner critic, knowing my worth. 
Thank you for joining us today. I hope you liked my little Christmas story. Remember, you can find a podcast of this and all Healing Quest shows on our website, HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at HealingQuest. I'm Judy Ray Brooks, and for my partner, Roy Walkenhorst, we look forward to having you with us next week on Healing Quest, right here on iHeartRadio. Stay safe, stay warm, and share the love.